there. Thanks for joining us on the Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. The Sermon Talkback is where pastors and members of Christ Covenant can process the sermon, ask questions, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you do have a question you would like to have dialogued, please use our text-to-pastor line at 404-465-1737. And if you'd like to find more resources, visit ChristCovenant.com slash resources. We hope you enjoy the discussion. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. I am joined by Liz Franchot. Hey, everybody. How was Christmas, Liz? Oh, it was awesome. It was really good. You know, my mom's a Christmas baby. Oh, she's born on yeah. Christmas? Mm-hmm. Just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. <laughs> I love it. December 25th. Well, that's fun. And then how about y'all? You went to Memphis? Went to Memphis for a few days. Was Mama Fish just like out of her mind? Oh, just so excited to see the grandkids. Was was all... So, you know, guys, Barrett is one of five boys. Were all, was everybody there? One of five boys. Only two of my brothers were there. Oh, so, man. What a bummer. So three. Yeah. One's out of state and then one was on a vacation. So, um, You know, wait. Uh, which one of your brothers lives in like northwest Arkansas? Lawson? Mm-hmm. Okay. The oldest. Yep. Uh, you know, he's friends. Oh, who was it that I was talking to? Like Tim Dockery. Okay. Yeah. Like somehow huh. they're like friends. Interesting. I know. I didn't know that. Anyway. And then uh, Courtney Rezig. Do you know her? I don't. Anyway, <laughs> this is a great play. I love like playing name tag on the sermon talkback. <laughs> anyway, I just like I, your uh, uh, your brother was implicated in yeah, like yeah. a conversation I was having. This yep. is awesome. Um. Okay. Well, guys, we started this new life together. I'm kind of stealing that title from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Yep. Have you ever read that book? Have you ever read that, Liz? No. Which one is it? Life Together, have you read it? I have not read it. Read The Cost of Discipleship. But. Uh, so this is kind of more fun than The Cost of Discipleship. It's it's it, He's got basically like this, it's kind of like this discipleship kind of house where all these guys were living. It reminded me of like the Duck and the Goose. Yeah. Um, for those of y'all who don't know, Barrett and I lived in a house together um, when we were in seminary. And everybody was growing in their faith. Everybody was learning like, Things we would stay up late on our front porch and talk about doctrine and how it applied to our lives, and it was really just that. That's kind of the Bonhoeffer thing. Yeah, but he he really talks about like what is the Christian life together really like? Um, and I just thought it would be a good series for our church. Uh, our church has grown a lot in the last, you know, I mean, our church has grown a lot since it began, I guess. But it we I think I feel like you felt the growth in the last two years. Um, in this new kind of way. <clears throat> Some of that was just because a lot of it was happening during COVID and we weren't allowed to have all of the connections that we had grown accustomed to. Um, and then we, you know, we've just, the Lord has just brought a lot of folks our way. And I think that can be challenging for a church. Um, there was a time, you know, when, I mean, there's our member role right there. Uh, there was a time where that was just like a front and back page, you know, and it was easy. And, you know, I really knew everyone. In fact, I'm so embarrassed these days to say, you know, to meet someone and they're like, yeah, I just, you know, I just got voted in as a member. I mean, that, that I don't even really recognize them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, but that's, you know, that's happening in the life of our church. And so how do we understand some of the things that have really always been valuable to us understanding of membership and understanding of just covenant relationship Mm -hmm. in a growing church 
Um, how do we continue to do the things that we're called to? Like one of the questions that came up that made me really want to do this series is how do you confront people in sin? Like somebody said that, like, oh, here's Siri. I wonder how she heard that. But anyway, <laughs> you sit tight, Siri. But anyway, um, somebody said, like, how, can you can you help us how to confront people in sin? That's one of the things we're going to talk about. Mm. Um, because that's not like an elder only duty. You know, right. it's not like it's like, okay, well, there's this group of cops out there in our church. Like it's a, it's an every church member duty. Um, and so anyway, I'm excited about the whole series, but, but how do we live together um, as a Christian church? And, and, and I really think that question is essential to the Christian life. Like we are, the Christianity implies a calling together of believers uh, that you are a part of a community that you're a part of a household of faith um and really that's how we began the sermon yesterday um and you know i hope it was helpful for some folks yeah definitely <clears throat> you know uh, something you said in the uh in your introduction yesterday a couple of things you you said that you were talking about um you know the church being a family and saying that the the broad broader church today is more like content just distribution instead of gathered worship and you also said superficial connection versus meaningful relationships and you know it's it's one thing to point this out it's another thing to point it out in a sermon on a sunday and i think it's a very different thing to actually like live this out in the life of our body i mean i think we're starting in the right place like you're you're telling the church, you know, we do not want to be a content distribution organization. We want to be a church that gathers and worship together. We don't want to have superficial connections with each other. We want to have meaningful relationships with each other. But like, how do we, I, I, I think the next, I think the next step is like, how do we actually live that out? Like the pastor can believe that the staff can believe that even the elders can believe that, but like we need all the members to kind of wrap their mind if we're really going to do life together. Yeah, I think that I think a good place to kind of start in answering that question is to understand kind of how we got here. Um, and the evangelical movement has never had a great ecclesiology. Um, yeah. Evangelicalism as a whole. And ecclesiology means like, what is the church? Evangelicalism at least, you know, kind of what in history has been called, known more precisely as like neo-evangelicalism, which really started in the 1940s, um, was so concerned with kind of saving the church from modernism, which was, you know, was basically becoming like mainline liberalism or fundamentalism, which was kind of becoming just so ostracized from the culture. Mm. They're saying, you know, how can the gospel be active in the culture? And again, I am of that. I, you know, I, yes and amen. I, I want that to be true. And I, I think the evangelicals, if we are receiving anything from that movement, it, it was, what is the gospel? And how do we understand, you know, the kind of the, the classic Bebbington quadrilateral, which is biblicism or a Bible people, conversionism. We believe in a conversion. Are you a Christian or not? Like uh, some faith traditions wouldn't talk about that. Like, have you been born again? I mean, that's kind of a thing that, um, evangelicals talk about like do you mm. have you did you have a moment of conversion uh crucicentricism 
we are focused on the cross. We believe that what Jesus did for us on the cross is kind of fundamental to our faith. And then activism, which is means we believe in the Great Commission. We, we are active people. We're trying to make disciples. Mm-hmm. We're calling people to repentance and faith. We're putting our gifts in action to see the kingdom of God go forward. Mm-hmm. And so that is kind of the classic Bevington quadrilateralism, quadrilateral. What do you not see in there? And the answer is anything about the church, okay? And so correct. I, I am so grateful for, I am an evangelical. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I know that people are like, oh, do we want to be an evangelical? Like, in terms of what I just said, I am an evangelical. Like, I am hopefully right. biblical, cross-centric, active, and, you know, believe in conversion. Um, but I'm, you know, in a sense, more than an evangelical mm-hmm. in that I also think that the New Testament um, in particular, and really, I would say the whole narrative arc of the whole Bible, but we see this fleshed out in terms of how it applies to us in the New Testament, calls us into localized bodies of believers, what we know as local churches. Um, and I think that is how the Christian life is lived out. How, for example, these one another commands work themselves out. And so how we got here. Um, you have this evangelical movement that so many of the, you know, the churches that we maybe grew up in or have been a part of and love and appreciate were a part of, but they never really asked the question of what is the church? And that's why today you see churches that don't really have any sort of like understanding of leadership. They don't really have an understanding of like church membership. They don't really know what the church members are supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. other than consuming products that good church leaders kind of supply. And I would Mm -hmm. say that, you know, at least in these like post-pandemic kind of culture, and and it's not like beginning beginning with the pandemic, but the pandemic has like thrown gasoline on the fire. Mm -hmm. These kind of church movements have really become a marketplace of good Christian products, good Christian music, good Christian sermons, um, you know, and I would say it used to be like good Christian community groups and stuff like that. In these days, it's more like you can you can stream the content or you can come in person. It doesn't really matter to us, which is interesting. Even as I've checked church web pages, it's like ways to attend. Um, you know, you can go to this campus, this campus, or you can watch online. And so, and and they're kind of like putting the online stream on the same level of you know, actually going and being a part of a gathered community of the saints. So anyway, I think th- this is a big thing that we're trying to attack here. I know I've said a lot there, but I, I just wanted to give a little history as to kind of how we got here. Well, on that point too, I was recently listening to a podcast of a well-known Christian podcast, interviewing a well-known Christian mega church pastor. And basically he was, the podcast interviewer was kind of celebrating the fact that th- during the pandemic, they had anticipated it faster than others to go ahead and shut down their services and shut it down for the, for the next year, you know, and that was in 2020, like shutting it down the whole year. And they were kind of celebrating that. And something in me was like, and so you said something yesterday that basically like we'll, we stream services, but we kind of do that with like a broken heart because we want to gather. We've been careful to never, you know, I'll just say this, of course, Christ, like in the height of the pandemic, you know, we would have like five times as many streams as we normally did um, people. So like, you know, of course some of that was going on like it has been in every church, but we have been very careful 
to never celebrate that. Mm. Um, because, you know, first of all, like, what does that mean that somebody streamed your service? Like, right. Did they get on for five minutes? You know, did they stream it a couple of times because they couldn't figure it out? Like, we have no idea what that even means. And then secondly, it's totally superficial. Mm. If you go have lunch with someone or if you see someone's post on Instagram, which are you going to remember at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. Like what is going to have a deeper impact at your life? And of course, like seeing someone's post on Instagram, like you might see a hundred posts on Instagram every day, but you only have like one lunch a day. Mm. And, and so the fact that like these churches are celebrating the streams, and I'm not saying that life change doesn't happen on the streams. And in fact, at Christ covenant, we've had people that have streamed and then they've come. Mm. And so that's good. I mean, I'm grateful for that, but I would never want to celebrate that. Um, we've also had people like see our post on Instagram and come, right? And so like as a means to like create a connection, I'm all about, you know, using technology, et cetera, et cetera. We're not an anti-technology church. Yeah. I just think, you know, something I said yesterday is there is a command in scripture to gather. There's not a command in scripture to consume Christian content. I, I almost would say this, like it's more, it is more faithful Christian worship to on a Sunday morning, for example, gather with other believers, have one guy stand up and read a passage of scripture and pray together than to sit in your home by yourself and watch the most well-produced Christian content ever done. Like the, the first example there, even though like there's not much of a sermon, there's not great singing, there's not, you know, any production value is more faithful to the call of the New Testament than the second. Yeah, I think it's like when you're, you know, defining terms, it's like, okay, well, what is the church? We need to define that term. And it is a people gathered. You yeah, know, it, that, the ex yeah, ecclesia right. is a people gathered. So you can't say, well, it's synonymous, like streaming content is still the church in isolation isn't, isn't the same thing. You've as changed the, the definition. Gathered. Yeah. So that's yeah. where I really liked your point. You're like, we can't go to the culture. We can't go to the economists to define how the church is operating. Right, we right, have right. to go to the New Testament. That's right. And, and, and so I do think that's, if you understand like the church is a thing that produces goods. Yes. Like, like go with the streaming. Like, like nobody goes to blockbuster music anymore. Nobody like <laughs> goes to stores anymore. I mean, you know, yeah. D's family, we order our groceries online um, we, uh, like order a lot of stuff on Amazon. Um, I mean, we, we, we stream, like I've never, I haven't gone to a video store. I don't even have a DVD player. Like, like, of course. Yes. I mean, we have like, as in terms of like getting products, I have gone into the 21st century and it's awesome. It's great. It's easy, but that is not what Christianity mm -hmm. is. It's not like a product to consume. It's a people to be a part of, ultimately. It's a it's a gospel message that calls us into a people. And that is this idea of the ecclesia. It's it's those, it's those gathered that have been called out by something. And what we've been called out by is the gospel. So so I want to go a step further. Okay. So let's let's say all of Christ's covenants on board. We all want to gather, and I see that with Christ's covenant. I mean, people people come to the service. We interact with each other. We're talking with each other. I still think you can do a you can be heavy on gathering corporately, 
and yet not doing life together. Yeah. So how do we, as a growing church, we've got two services. I'm not seeing, you know, if I'm coming to the 9 a.m., I'm not seeing everybody in the 11 a.m. most of the time. How, how do we do life together? What does it what does it mean to do life together at a, at a church of our size or, or even a little bit smaller, even a little bit bigger? What, what does it mean? Well, I mean, I think, again, we're going to look at the one another commands, which yeah. I think are really helpful. And so there are some of those that I would say apply at the macro level, right? And so even on a small way, so like live at peace with one another, right? Um, you know, I may know somebody at our church that has like different political ideals than I do. But because we are a part of the same household, even though I don't have a ton of, maybe let's say like this is a person I don't have a ton of interaction with at the church. Like I want to be at peace with them. Like I'm, I don't want to hate them. I don't want to be like, oh man, that person voted for that person or that person did this or that person lives there. Like, so in one sense, Barrett, I understand. I think I know where you're going with the question, but I, I do want to say that this, this does happen at the macro level. I, I, I want to go to the gathered church hmm. and see people that maybe I don't have a ton of interaction with during the week but say, this is my people and I'm concerned about them and I and I want to serve them. And I mean, so even like, you know, the parking team, I mentioned uh, Jack, you know, uh, or Max the other day, not Jack's, Max's brother, but Max Shoemaker yesterday. Like, like Max standing out there in the rain with an umbrella, helping people find parking spaces, to me is kind of this. Like he's, mm -hmm. he is, using his time and energy because he loves these other believers and because he loves the Lord mm. and he loves the people that Jesus loves. So that is one level. The macro level is a very, very important level. Sure. But then I think it, it, it goes further than that. And so, and that's one of the great things about, you know, Christ covenant. One of the things that I love about our church is there is oversight of every member. Mm. And so we have now 20 active elders. Um, Ed Butler, he's, says he's inactive, but I still count him as an elder, yeah, but he's he the does. 21st, but, um, you know, he's not actively overseeing a body right now because he's, he's, you know, working through, um, his, his, uh, treatment. But anyway, you know, we have 20 active elders and they are really assigned to oversee a part of the body. And so I think there, there must be, there has to be a connection with some sort of shepherd, um, and like I said, like, I don't know all of our members intimately, but I do care about my little D's parish and I know them pretty well. I mean, I know kind of who they are, what they do, you know, where they live. Um, and so I think that is kind of the next level. Is there any connection with a shepherd? Do I understand that they're, that I'm being pastored and cared for? Mm. And of course I experienced that too. I mean, I'm, I'm on staff here. I know all the elders, but, but there's a sense where I feel that I'm being cared for. Mm -hmm. I mean, Liz and Bear, I mean, you guys care. I, I, I sense that in an, even an oversight kind of way, but then it goes beyond that. And, and then there's, I would say kind of the community group level, which is another level. And I'm a part of the Bobby Jones group, top, you know, 10 group in our church says Barrett. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going for top five, but, uh, um, yet and, to be determined. Yeah. I mean, we're trying, Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's an awesome group and I get to yeah. meet with those people every week and study the Bible. In fact, Paige and I set some goals and one of our goals this year was friendship goals. We, you know, we have different categories and my friendship goal is to become better friends with people in the Bobby Jones group. Mm. And so I, uh, that's that could, a, that could take a top three days. Oh man. Uh -huh. oh man. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, that's a goal. I mean, and that's a, that's a part of my Christian life. And then I would say beyond that is just like friendship in the body. I mean, mm. so, I mean, 
a lot of this is kind of informal too. Um, um, I mean, another area is people that you serve with. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I think the key on this, and I love the Hebrews 10 passage that we looked at yesterday. It, it, it doesn't say this in particular, but it kind of says, consider others. Yeah. Like when you gather, consider others. And you know, it says, consider how to stir one another along to love and good deeds but but consider others are you are you are you a part of a body that is pushing you to consider others and are you being considered by others mm. and as long as that's happening i mean churches are going to have different structures like you can have a healthy church and not have community groups but like mm. churches are going to have different structures but are, it, it, are you as a church member considering others in your body and 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 really knowing those others and being engaged with those others. So those are some structures here. And then of course we have the cohort, which I'm like super yeah. engaged with my cohort people. And those are some of my, I mean, at least my cohort last year were some of my really good friends and they were some of my really good friends. I mean, I pulled some of my really good friends. I don't know if that's fair, mm -hmm. but like I got some of my really good friends to be in a cohort with me and it was awesome. Yeah. This year, maybe I'll get some guys that I'm not as good of friends with. But anyway, it was, um, that's a huge level too. Yeah, I think, I think through all those things, I think, Christ Covenant is trying to make it really hard for all of our members to not know and be known. Yeah. Uh, and so every, every member should feel like they are known and feel like they know others. Um, and if you're not, you know, I, I think we need to talk and yeah. uh, need to get plugged into a group, need to get plugged into a cohort, need to start serving on a team, you know, and these are things that we just, we expect of all members. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not boxes to check to say, you know, before God's eyes, you were like a really good Christ covenant member. I, I, the heart behind it is that you're carrying out these things as a member to have these rhythms in your life that are like very God honoring rhythms. Right. Yeah. I think something that I, really stood out to me when I joined, when I started coming to Christ covenant was how quickly I was expected to serve. And it was because I, I'm an, I'm an adult, you know, in a, in a household, you know, adults have responsibilities, you know, to care for the younger people. And, you know, it, and so I think that really helped me to go ahead and be in the fold, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that is like how we are, you know, we really do love one another is like we show up and we help each other. And so there is, you know, I think that there is like this, okay, well, there is an exchange of goods within these relationships within the church. But if we're coming to church, expecting to be served and expecting to get something primarily for ourselves we'll, we'll we'll likely be disappointed yeah. you know and and so but if you're coming with you know the way in which jesus you know the first scripture you read you know the john 13 he you know he's giving the the disciples an example of like no expect to serve first you know the the least of you is um you know will be greatest so that that was just so helpful and and that's really how i began to build friendships yeah. in christ covenant because i was serving in the kids ministry and if the and if, it was awesome if the principle is what i said the hebrews 10 passage consider others like service creates that like yeah. i mean you have to consider others if you're mm -hmm. serving them mm -hmm. um and so i i totally agree i think that just shifts your mindset of like, okay, how has God gifted me and called me to serve this body? Mm -hmm. And that's something we're pretty intentional about here. I mean, we talk about service in the church. I mean, you know, and 
we've actually toyed around like if you kind of look at the gospel kingdom mission we've we kind of put the service in the church rhythm under mission but we, we've really like talked about moving it toward kingdom in sense of like it is a part of the kingdom family like but being a part of the family means you use the gifts and talents the lord's given you to serve the family everybody's got a place in the family i think to your point you yeah. know you, you know you want to be a part of this family you you consider other members of the family um, and I think that's the big shift. And and that's just something you cannot do uh, in your pajamas on Tuesday yeah. morning at home. Right. Um, and so you won't get drawn into that um, in that profound way. Another thing that the service does too, and I just want to say this too, is, you know, and Paige and I talked about this a little bit last night, because a lot of people will say, oh, well, my church is my private Christian school, or my church is this Mm. like Bible study fellowship that I'm a part of, or my church is right. this. And, and I get what you're saying in terms of like, I have very, you know, particular relationship with these people, but I feel like that is just a misrepresentation of, of what the church is, you know, in, in one sense, because like the church should not just be the people in your same life stage. Mm -hmm. um, the church is more than a Bible study. The church, you know, should not have like, you know, tuition as a requirement, you know, in the case of like a private Christian school, like, mm. like the church is not like, that's not the church that, that is, that just gets to, I just think the first point we're trying to make is this grand misunderstanding of any sort of ecclesiology that exists in evangelical life right now. Right. Um, and something that I hope the Lord can use us to be a part of correcting. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like we, there's a lot more we could say about this. Um, I don't know. Any other thoughts, Liz? Any other questions? Yeah, I just think the the whole marketplace relationship versus covenantal relationship is just something I want to continue to um, just meditate on and just study the word. And and I think that some of it is just kind of a, like a renewal of my mind in mm -hmm. that, just because like you're like you your point in you know our culture we've been inundated with this exchange of good and services and that if something isn't to your liking, then you just move on to the next right, thing, right, yeah. you know? And so, and a, a big part of why I, I was drawn to Christ's covenant was because that was kind of called out in me is like, am I being a consumer Christian? Mm. You know, am I consuming products? Am I, am I trying to meet what, what my needs are or do I really actually understand what the church is and yeah. the church is about, giving up of myself for the sake of others because that's what Christ did for me. And that's that that love command. It seems so nice. Like John 13, it just seems like a nice thing. Like I can imagine <laughs> this like being cross-stitched somewhere. But I think when you really understand like and and particularly like the, the, the Jesus washing the feet. Yeah. Really he's and I said this at the end of my sermon yesterday, it's a signpost, right? He is saying, I'm about to give up of myself so radically i am about to humble myself so radically this is just a sign of that mm -hmm. for you guys and this is the way that you love one another and the way that you love one another again is not just you know a tertiary washing of the feet or simple washing it's 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 giving your whole life to one another and that is that makes this nice little cross-stitched mm -hmm. verse a radical verse um that is an incredibly high calling to be a disciple yeah, I do like the uh, <clears throat> the marketplace versus the covenant. I think that's really helpful. Um, I remember a professor I had, uh, John Hammett, wrote a book and about the about uh, ecclesiology, and he he pointed out that the number one analogy used in the New Testament for the church is family. 
And so it talks about, you know, older men being like, being like fathers and older women being like mothers and, you know, brother and sister Mm -hmm. language. And so the language used in the new Testament Mm -hmm. is family language. It's familial language. And, um, and so that's, that's how we're supposed to, supposed to interact with each other. The, the, you know, you try to think that out in terms of marketplace and covenant relationships. And, you know, I mean, you use the analogy of your kids yesterday in the sermon and like, it's a great analogy. And I mean, it really drove the point home, but like, you don't really choose your kids. Like you have a kid, it's your kid. It's always going to be your kid with your church. You kind of can choose. I mean, you can come mm-hmm. to Christ covenant. You can choose to be a member. You can choose to go to another church. Um, but I, I think what we're supposed to do is like when we choose to become yes. a member, you're choosing to covenant together with all the other members. And so you're entering a family. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you're, you're essentially saying like, I'm not just going to, I mean, there may be a time that you need to, you know, you need to move your membership somewhere else, or you might move out of state or whatever, but I think you're choosing to say like, I'm going to invest in this body. I'm going to pour my time and my energy. If there's things that I don't like, I'm going to talk to people in a, in a peaceable and gracious way and try to address those things, you know? And, and so I I think going down that road of like, really, what does this like covenantal family relationship look like at Christ covenant, um, would, is just a really good thing for us to think about. And, and, and just to that point, like, I, I, I want to be very like precise here, you know, in, in the like choosing part, you know, and, and praise God. I mean, we live in a day where like, there's not just one church in Atlanta. Right that is faithful to the Lord. And so like, yeah, you, it, it's kind of like marriage in that sense. Like, you know, you kind of can choose a bride, but once you, or a husband, um, but once you covenant with that person, like there's some responsibility there. Now, unlike marriage, I do think there's like reasons to, you can be called away from a particular local church to another, but I, I, I would love for it to be more of that posture. Right. Not like, you right. know, not like my services, the services here aren't, exactly what we need but no i feel that lord's calling me to something else for this reason or that reason and that that would always be celebrated you know at christ covenant like we always celebrate when people feel called if they can be more effective if they can serve better if if there's a way that they can be ministered to even better but it's not like oh i got hurt and now i'm you know out or i don't like you know that sermon wasn't any good you know, that, that's a, that's a misunderstanding of this kind of covenant ideal. Um, it's like, no, I'm here. I'm considering others. I'm not just considering myself. I think, I think at the end of the day, like the Hebrews 10 principle is so essential to obeying the John 13 command, Mm. love one another means um, there's another that I'm Mm -hmm. trying to love that I'm considering. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm humble enough to love. And kind of like what you said too, you're like, you know, being in a family and being in a marriage, like takes, like takes work, you know, it takes like day in and day out dedication and, you know, being a part of a, a growing church is like, there's, you know, complexity and, and like difficulties in that yet there's so much like blessing and joy in that. And so like the more you are committed to your family or your marriage, whatnot, the more you're going to benefit from it. And same with, with the interacting within the church. Paige and and I were um, talking about that this summer 
um, and and we probably need to go. But but um, to to that point, like, so we, we went on sabbatical this summer, and everybody's like, "Y'all are crazy!" Like, you took three kids. And we went to Europe and mm-hmm. did all this stuff. Okay, John Kellis has really gotten into fishing, and he just like loves to fish. He wants to fish all the time. Every day on sabbatical, he'd be like, where can we go fish? And so I was like looking for these like places where we could go fish. Some of our favorite places, I would say like, you know, the, our favorite days were these like little random places that we found because I was trying to find good fishing holes for John Kellis in Europe. And Paige and I were just saying like, we wouldn't have chosen that. Like we wouldn't have done that. It's great. But, mm. but the Lord gave us like this other member who had like this desire, these needs. And and that created like this amazing moment for a whole family. Mm. Um, and so I think that's like, that's the beauty of the body. Like the body as it grows, as it gets more complex. Yes. I mean, there was like times where I was like, do I really have to go do this? But it was those like, but, the, but, but addressing the complexity of the need of this other member, if you mm-hmm. will, like created some of the most special things for our whole family. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do think like that's a small, small analogy, but, as the Lord continues just to bring us, you know, like there was a day that like Liz Franchot and Barrett Fisher showed up to this body and y'all brought your own complexities, but how much better is this body? Um, because the Lord's brought you our way. And so anyway, I do think it's a beautiful thing. Um, I think this is kind of one of these conversations that we just got to keep having. And we have time because yeah, I'm excited about life them. together. Yeah. It's a long series. The commands are so, going to be good. Well, for Barrett Fisher and Liz Franchot, I'm Jason Deese.